0: The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. (sighs) Okay, deep breath. Deep breath, everything's going to be fine. So, another hurricane?
1: Another hurricane. All right, so for everybody out there who's in the path of this hurricane... Please be careful. It's a Category 3 right now with about 125 mile an hour winds. It's on the verge of becoming a Cat 4. That means 130 miles an hour or higher. And it's going to make landfall near Tallahassee. Um, And you know the real kicker on this thing, Jim. It's October, right? So uh, it's the month of Halloween and... This darn thing is named Michael.
0: <laughs> do you think there was uh, some meteor, I don't know, uh, the National uh, Hurricane Center or whatever it is that names these storms? Do you think there was a little uh, laughter My... and tongue-in-cheekness going on when I, they I made would, these I names would, up?
1: I can't be the only one picking this up, so I'm sure somebody else got it, but... uh Yeah, then you sit there and you wonder, hmm, how much did the Motion Picture Association pay for that one?
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And the next one will be Jason, and then we got Freddie coming along the way. Except that
1: doesn't go in order, so I don't know how that works, but (laughs) it's got
0: to go in
1: alphabetical order. So so welcome to Beyond Reality Radio, everybody, and we got a great show tonight. We are going to be talking about dreams, and uh, we're going to be talking with Lainey Delphin, a dream analyst. And, uh, yeah, so it should be interesting. If you haven't yet, make sure you head over to facebook.com slash beyondrealityradio, like the Facebook page for us. Then head to beyondrealityradio.com. You can find all the stations we are on across the country. The list is constantly being updated. You can also download the smart smart app devices, which uh, you can uh, download with your phones or your tablets, which allow you to listen live, catch past shows, join the online chat, and more or any night we're live just feel free to click the listen live button or the listen and chat button and you can listen right there from the website at beyondrealityradio.com if you download the show from iTunes or anywhere else just do us a favor and rate it for us because uh, it helps push it forward and makes it easier for people to find and i did get a lot of emails Jim because we changed servers oh, yeah, for our yeah. for our radio show for you know of course because we upload them after and uh, a bunch of people were getting it updated. That's all resolved now, so no problem, everybody. Anyways, why don't we do this? Why don't we take a quick break? Let's get Lainey uh, Delphin on and uh, start covering dreams. Please support the program. Go to patreon.com slash joha. That's J-O-H-A-W.
0: This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself,
2: what is it you want?
0: Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at
3: visitwilliamsburg.com.
0: We all do it. We know our dogs do it cuz I see like my dog like running like she's chasing rabbits, you know, and we know she's yeah. dreaming about something like that. Um, you know, what are these things about? Why do we do it? When we do it, is there a meaning that we either are understanding or, or we're not catching? Are there, are there many meanings, meanings to any individual dream? I mean, these are all really, really fascinating questions. And I think the more we understand them, the more um, I think we can help our personal, emotional, and mental health. I mean, I think these are all very, very healing
1: things. Well, and I agree with you. And yeah, like you said earlier, um, you do it. And of course, you. I mean, we all know that you do it because we spoke about your dreams numerous times on the show. So this <laughs> I'm looking forward to this. I think this should be a, an enlightening night. Let's just be clear. Those are high school
0: dreams and it was a far different world. But tonight we're going to be talking with uh, Lainey Delfin, who is a dream interpreter. She's got a couple books. Um, have a great day. Uh, dream and have a great dream too. her website is the same thing have dot com and uh laney welcome to beyond reality radio it's really terrific to have you on with us tonight
4: thank you so much for having me on
1: no thanks for coming on
0: so how long have you been interpreting
4: dreams Um, Well, I'm a, a person who has great dream recall, and I've had that kind of recall since I'm a little girl. And so, of course, I've always been fascinated with dreams because of that. And when I was 21, I had a major crisis in my life, and I found that dream analysis absolutely miraculously um, uh, helped me make lifetime decisions and that was the first place I found out that the dream is actually the conversation that you are having with yourself concerning a very specific current issue that you are attempting to problem solve and I'm talking about this week I, because first I'm a first things first kind of girl so I'm going to take you to the first level first and the solution to something that's bugging you this week appears in your unconscious, of course, before it gets to your conscious. And what I do is I teach people the language of metaphor because it can give you an incredible opportunity to escape your repetitive and tired responses to people in situations that most likely stem from childhood because... Everything stems from childhood,
1: <laughs> yeah no that's true, but now Lainey, you're saying that when these when you you're having these dreams that it's something that's going on in your life that week, I mean because there's a lot of times people have dreams of things that affected them earlier when they were when they, when they were children or they were teenagers or at another part in their life
0: correct
4: right and and so what happens is you're unconscious mind is this vast incredible database that is holding every single memory and association that you have ever had since you're born. So for example, if I'm aggravated with Andy, who's a very cute husband <laughs> but I'm just saying, if I'm aggravated with him and I want to discuss something with myself when I go to sleep, my filing cabinet you can tell I'm over fifty, it's not a database, it's a filing cabinet. It opens up and every single boyfriend that I've ever had is all in the same file as Andy is. And I might choose the a boyfriend from, you know, uh, 45 years ago who it made me feel precisely the same way that Andy made me feel today. So we're we're so sophisticated. May I give you a dream? Because it's going to say it all. When I tell you a dream, it's going to say it all.
0: Yeah, please do.
4: Okay, so here's one of my favorite dreams which appears in my second book. It's called the Picnic Dream. And this woman dreams that she's at a picnic and there's a couple of ants crawling around and I'm I'm uh, going to teach you five uh, sorry, six different points of entry that you can use to uncover why you had that dream last night. So she says that there's a couple of ants They're not really spoiling the picnic. But suddenly, those ants turn into a horde of ants, and she wakes up as she's pushing all of them off her hands. And so... Using a symbol's point of entry, I asked her, what comes to your mind? What is a picnic? Like, imagine that I'm a little girl. I have no idea what a picnic is. She said to me, it's when you eat outside of the house on a blanket, and hopefully it's sunny and it's very pleasant. And then I asked her, and what is eating? And she said, sustenance. And the dream was about the fact that this woman was having an affair. She was getting her sustenance outside of the house on a blanket. Like, Mm -hmm. that was the the metaphor that she used to direct her to the affair that she was having. And the reason there's an escalation of the feelings in the dream because feelings is another point of entry because at first she's having such a nice time and then there's this horde of ants that's everywhere and that's how she wakes up. And the escalating situation that became out of control is that the guy she was having an affair with got transferred an hour and a half away from where they live so he had to move out of town and now she would have to drive an hour and a half to get to him probably another hour and a half or two hours to have the affair and then drive another hour and a half to get back to where they live in enough time to pick up the children so the small ants that are not ruining the picnic at first are representative of her kids his kids her husband his wife and the reason it turns into a horde events is because now she's gotten herself, there's a situation that's completely out of her control. And so when you want to look for the solution to the issue that after 45 years, I can promise you, appears in your unconscious and you get it anyway, but if you don't remember your dreams, you're getting, you're getting it anyway, but you get it faster if you know how to analyze the dream. And so... Uh, one of the ways that you can find a solution is to take the picture of the dream out into waking life. And I would ask uh, you guys, JV and Jason, is it effective? Is it an effective way to get rid of a horde of ants by pushing them away with your hands? No, no, I wouldn't think so. Exactly. So the dream is reflecting the dreamer's inappropriate response to her waking life situation. And what I said to her was, maybe you want to get the raid out, because raid <laughs> would kill a horde of ants. And so, that, so I'm using metaphor to help the dreamer problem solve. I'm not going to tell her what she's getting the raid out for, because that's not my that's not my thing i'm trying to point the dreamer to help her say what the conclusion is for her and she called me a couple of days later to tell me she got out the raid and ended the affair
0: wow um so you know you tell that story and you offer an interpretation of it which makes a lot of sense um is it possible that um you know we could be looking at things like that in these dreams and coming up with multiple interpretations. Or is is this something that uh, is pretty well defined that we know or someone like you who's got the training and the experience, you can hear this story and immediately make the connections?
4: Well, yeah, because I've been doing it for 45 years, but it doesn't mean that I that I know what someone else's dream means. That would be impossible. Am I talking to JV?
0: Yes, this is JV.
4: What do you think of when you think about a horse? What comes to your mind about a horse?
0: Um, It's size, it's
1: power.
4: Size and power. Okay. And Jason, what do you think about a horse?
1: I I would think strength, endurance, uh, very similar, yeah.
4: Endurance. And do you have any special memory, either of you, about a horse?
1: Um,
0: you, you would more than me. Well, I, I actually owned a horse farm for a while. Um, and Oh just, my
4: goodness. I There's had, an association a horse farm.
0: I had 18 horses at one point. Um, I will say that I didn't do most of the work cause I wasn't the horse lover. Um, but I can tell you that they were a giant, uh, let me put it a different way. They were a lot of work. And I A often, lot of work. And I always, and, so... and I always thought that if they ever figured out how strong they were and how big they were, we were all in trouble.
4: I love that. Okay, so you've given us rich associations that the others of us couldn't possibly it couldn't possibly be the same. That's why really only the dreamer knows what the dream is about. And you cannot find out what the dream is about unless you are interviewing the dreamer. And that's what I do. So there's a difference because I'm I'm not a dream interpreter, I'm a dream analyst and I know the right questions to ask, which is all what I'm gonna teach you guys tonight, but I could tell you that when I was, because I used to be a horseback rider and I loved them, but then one day when I was about 11, whoever was looking after the saddles, like tying up the saddles, didn't do mine up properly. And so I started on the horse like a normal person should be. And as I started into a canter, I started going sideways, 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 until I was at like a 90 degree angle. So when I dream about a horse, I'm gonna look for some situation that's going on in my life this week that I started out feeling on top of, literally, because we use language in the dream and we use puns. So I've started on top of something, but now I'm not feeling like I have my ground anymore. I'm like slipping off to the side, so I don't feel like I'm on top of things anymore. And Jason, if you dream about a horse, it's a discussion about some kind of work like a lot of work that you might have to do or maybe you're looking maybe you're describing some kind of situation where um there's a lot of work to be done but jv's doing most of it <laughs> well, there you go. i'm only saying that because you said that somebody else was doing the work
0: tonight we're talking with laney dolphin about uh dreams she's a dream Analyst, And uh, her website is haveagreatdream.com. Uh, she's got a couple of books out, Have a Great Dream 1 and 2. And uh, they're both available if you go to her website or on Amazon. And, Lainey, I've, I, I need to have you clarify, again, the difference between a dream analyst and a dream interpreter. Because they're very different things, aren't they?
4: They're very different things. Because a dream interpreter, you tell them your dream and they tell you what your dream means. And I don't do that. (laughs) A dream analyst hears your dream and knows the right questions to ask and you land up telling me what the dream is about, not the other way around. And what I, I, what I do to respect the different databases that people have, because our memories and associations are as unique as a fingerprint. You can't possibly look it up in one of those dream dictionaries, which explains why I, I wrote the book, the book, the two books. Um, and so you want to be able to ask the dreamer what it's about. And what I do to respect a dreamer is if you tell me your dream, um... I would say something to you like, oh, if I had a dream like that, it would probably be about this. And as soon as you do that, you're stepping away from the dreamer and they get the opportunity to say, oh, man, I connect to what you're saying or no, that doesn't fit for me. And that's how I help people along, um, using those, uh, six points of entry, which are the feelings, the action, like a good example of the action was the picnic dream, where she's, her, the action in the dream is inappropriate. She's trying to push them away with her hands. Symbols and metaphors, we just did with horses. Uh, play on words and puns are, Oh, my God, my favorite. Like the woman who said, uh, there were snakes all over the floor. I couldn't put my foot down. <laughs> and I said, why? Who are you having trouble putting your foot down with? <laughs> or, you, or I'll get uh, dreamers say to me, uh, I had to pee, and I, I went into the washroom, and I found a stall. And I got into the stall, and I couldn't get out. And so when a dreamer is talking, I'm with my pen writing like a maniac because I want to capture the dreamer's language, not my language. Because that dream is like, what, what are you stalling about? What are you going to stall about?
1: Yeah, right? And it, yeah, and it being in their language, it's it, exactly how they represent it. I mean, the minute you start putting it in your language is how you're interpreting it, correct?
4: Exactly. And so I I want to stay away from that. So if you say, for example, if your language is, I was so embarrassed, I thought I was going to die. You might go to sleep tonight and dream that you're dying and you're not dying. You're processing the fact that you were so embarrassed about something. And that's the language you use.
0: So how long do you have to interview one of your clients before you start asking them what the dream is? I imagine you do the interview first. Right. Uh, and then you and ask it, about the dreams, um, and how long does that usually take? How much information do you need before you 're comfortable hearing the dream? Uh,
4: within ten or fifteen minutes, you can get your dream absolutely if you 're answering the questions honestly, definitely it's ten or fifteen minutes and actually i do um, I do private sessions. Uh, that you pay for, but I also do free dream analysis on YouTube, and it's called a Dreaminar. And then I don't charge people if they're willing to come on YouTube with me, and you can watch a couple of Dreaminars up there and see exactly what the conversation looks like. But you have to get like some popcorn or a glass of wine, because (laughs) it takes about 15 to 17 minutes, the films.
1: Good,
0: I was just going to continue on this. When you're interviewing, are there specific questions that you ask or, or is it more of you understand that if someone's going to start talking to you about whatever it is in their life, that these issues that might be affecting their dreams are going to be the things top of mind?
4: They are the top of mind. And the same way as we prioritize in our waking life, you get up and you prioritize your day. Who do I have to call? Who do I have to email? What do I have to do today? If you had 7,000 things happen to you today, which you probably did, if you include every time the phone rang, every conversation you had, every time you went to pee, every time you ate, it adds up. And when you go to sleep tonight, your unconscious mind is going to choose the one thing that's bugging you the most. And all of your dreams tonight are going to be you having a discussion with yourself, testing out different possible solutions and reactions to that specific issue.
1: Okay. So, your your interview. Um, no,
4: I'm going to let you go ahead and ask a question, but I want you to know that whenever you're ready, I'm ready to go just a little deeper.
1: <laughs> okay. All right. So, when you're when uh, your interviews that you conduct before hearing the person's dream. So, give us an example of how that would go. If you were interviewing me for a dream, what what's the what's the questions that you would ask?
4: You would say your dream. First thing that happens is me hearing the dream and writing like a maniac while you speak. And then there is no rule about which point of entry you want to use. The points of entry are exactly like a puzzle. You try one piece, that one doesn't fit. So you try another piece. And until you hit on the right one that makes it happen for the dreamer, for them to get the aha. So I might ask a dreamer, for example, how did you feel in the dream? And they'll say to me, I felt so scared. And then I'll come outside the dream, just like a dance, inside and outside the dream. I come outside. Oh, what do you think is going on in your life this week that's making you feel anxious or afraid? And, the, and we are not, unfortunately, we're not always in touch with our feelings. So that point of entry might not work. So then I'll go to another point of entry. Maybe I'll hear a person say, I was running but my feet were stuck and I couldn't I couldn't move, right? And then if I hear stuff like that, that's where I'll go in. That'll be my point of entry. That'll be my first puzzle piece that I'll try. Well you know, what do you think is going on in your life this week? Is there some situation you're trying to get away from and you can't get away from it? So because you start to hear it after a while, you know, and sometimes it's the plot. Like, I remember I have um, four daughters that run in uh, age from uh, 45 all the way down to 25. And uh, the 42-year-old, years ago, she dreamt that she had three weeks to live. And in the dream, she knew, I'm going to go to mummy because like I'm a a natural problem solver, and she's going to be able to help me out. And I couldn't help her in the dream. She was like dying. And the dream turned out to be about the fact that her exams were three weeks away. And she was right. I, there was nothing I could do to help her because she's the one that I had to study. So that's the way it goes. You like look at, you know, because she said three weeks to live. So for, for me, the point of entry was what's happening in three weeks? What's going on in your life that you're anticipating? And that's kind of the way it goes. And you want to give yourself permission to use the action, the feelings, the play on words and puns, or sometimes the plot, which is like you'll hear a person tell a story of their dream, and you're listening to the story behind the story the same way we used to do in English class.
0: Lainey, I've got to ask about something you said earlier as well. You said that um, even if we don't remember these dreams, they have a therapeutic uh, role. If we don't, right. if we don't remember a dream, and um, but yet it's trying to send us a message. How are we getting that message?
4: Well, you're, you're getting it anyway. The dream is providing a safe place for you to rehearse different behaviors that you may not be very accustomed to. And uh, the dream is giving you solutions. And what you do is you practice certain behaviors in the night. And when you get comfortable enough with them, they come out into your waking life. And the point about, I mean, there's several points about doing dream analysis and why it's so unbelievably helpful in people's lives um um okay where was i going with that <laughs>
0: yeah just just the um, fact just the fact that um you know we we have these dreams and from what i understand we all dream every night and um i know like are. i know like myself right. i don't remember my dreams hardly at all i very rarely right. remember a dream
4: but if you did, and you understand how to, how to understand the language of the metaphor, you absolutely can propel your problem-solving skills. Like, here's a woman who had a puppy. She was so excited about this puppy that she bought, and it's sitting on the table in front of her in the dream. She's got it up on the table. And all of a sudden, the puppy poos all over the place, all over Ouch. her, all over the table. And so... The dream was, uh, my questions were, what started off so happy in your life? What were you so excited that you got recently? Because that was what she said. She was so excited she got a puppy. Mm-hmm. So I'm forgetting about the puppy because it's a metaphor for something. And I'm saying, what, are you so, what were you so excited about that all of a sudden has turned into a big mess? And it was a job that she got that she was so excited she got that job. And after she was there for about 10 days she discovered that the boss is a really abusive SOB and he was like pooing all over her, you know, I know, nice know there's a different word there, but yeah. <laughs> for me, I was like, what would you do if you really did have a puppy on the table and it pooed all over the place? What would the solution be? And she said, listen to the language by the way. This is what she said to me. I would take it right off the table. And when you take something off the table, like in her language, to take something off the table, it's not up for discussion. She said, I would take it off the table and I would clean it up. And that's what she did. She quit the job. Now, I think she would have quit that job anyways. Absolutely. But maybe she would have hung there for a couple of months. And the dream inspired her, which is very Adlerian, uh, where Freud was looking into the past, Alfred Adler was looking more into the future, and he would have said that the dream gives rise to an emotion that helps you move forward towards the goal, and that's a great example of an Adlerian dream, like that it, it inspired her to take the thing off the table.
0: So, Lane, I, I asked the question, but I'm not sure I completely understand the answer. Um, I asked how long you've been doing this, and I know you've been doing it for a while, but at what point did you look to dreams as something that um, you wanted to spend your time researching, doing. analyzing, yeah. investigating, all that? I
4: started that. at around 21 what? So it's been it's been about forty five years, and I uh, studied uh, Freud, Jung, Adler, and Pearls. I'm using four main fathers of psychology, um, and from their uh, teachings, I developed this these points of entry that I discuss, and of course I'm. Um, I opened up the Dream Interpretation Center in 1997 and I teach the counseling students at Concordia University here in Montreal and I speak like all over the place Uh, (laughs) um, and do lots of uh, radio and that stuff and uh, the first book I wrote was uh, published in 2002 and then I came out with these two uh, books uh, just very recently.
1: And I was gonna—I was actually gonna say that it seems more like when what you're doing is very well, like a dream psychologist or a dream detective, instead of where the other ones are more Ex- dream.
4: Uh, go ahead. Exactly. That's exactly. You've uh, got it. You've got it. Dead, dead on. And I'm a member of the Association for the Study of Dreams, which is an international organization that gathers uh, dream workers, doctors, uh, and a lot of uh, artists and archaeologists, surprisingly, who also come to the conference every year.
1: Well, and we've had numerous uh, dream interpreters and so forth on this show, but usually it's just you tell them your dream and they give you their interpretation of right. what it what it means. And a lot may of times, I, a lot of times I you're sitting you, there. May um, I give you just
4: a backdrop so you understand a little deeper about why I do what I do?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
4: Well, when we come into the world, we come in whole. We we have a plethora of potential, I call it. We could be selfish, giving, shy, assertive. We, you can be a hero, a chicken. Maybe you were the comedian in the family. Maybe you're more serious. And so the people that bring us up teach us that it's more cool to be one way than another. And the result of that is that we end up, being, I, I like to call it over-exercised in some aspects of our personality and under-exercised in others. So, for example, if you're brought up in a home with siblings, you probably got the message that it's not okay to be selfish because you hear sentences like go pick, go um, share your toys with your brother, go look after your sister. And your whole existence is about sharing your parents' attention anyways. So you are exercised in that part of yourself about giving. And conversely, if you're brought up in a home as an only child, you get more comfortable in that role. You don't have to share your toys or your parents or Yeah, it's all anything. about you. And so I'll just give you a, another one-picture dream of a guy whose name is Steven, and he dreams that he's climbing up a ladder. And all the way up this ladder is getting higher and higher, and there's papers papers everywhere. The higher he goes up the ladder, the more the papers are piling up, and up at the top of the ladder is this guy who he says was his college roommate, who he hasn't even seen in 20 years. And so I asked him, what are the first things that come to your mind about him? And the first thing he said was, he's a selfish, take care of me first kind of guy. And the dream was about the fact that Stephen has a pile of work on his desk, and he wants to do the work and catch up. And he uses the ladder, you know, like climbing the corporate ladder. And his friends had asked him to go to a movie. The... the. Uh, day that he had that dream, his friends had asked him to go to a movie, and he is over-exercised in giving, uh, which often turns out to be a kind of person, and all of us know them, and I'm one of them, who has difficulty saying no. You know, people that grow up in a home with siblings are more naturally say yes when they're asked to do something, and that was an over-exercised part of Stephen. And he didn't tell his friends that he doesn't want to go to the movie, but because of this selfish character that he associates with, was encouraging him up the ladder in the dream, and once it was analyzed and he understood, he needs to access that potential that he has. in this specific situation and his friend uh, represents an aspect of his personality that he can use to exercise at this time and that's the reason why I do dream analysis because life throws us so many different situations and how boring to be uh, approaching every person and situation with the same knee-jerk reactions that we've been having since we're children. So you want to, you know, like in the second book, I don't even play golf, but in the second book I call it playing a different game on the back nine, that I played the first 40 years um, using the personality traits that my parents taught me are the right ones to have. But that doesn't really work when something happens to you in your life and your knee-jerk reaction doesn't fit. And so that's why I'm such a big proponent of dream analysis because different personalities and different behaviors show up in your dreams not by accident. Like I know now, it was uh, Jason who was talking about in- endurance when you were talking about horses. Yeah. Am I correct? Strength
1: endurance. Yes. Yep. That's correct.
4: Yes, and so if you're, you know, if there's some part of you that, uh, you know, in some situations where you'd rather give up, you might dream about a horse to encourage you to um, stay, to hang in there, and stay with it. Okay. So that's what the different parts of the dreams show us and if you want to take the time to exercise those different parts, but for me it's always measuring up. After I hear a dream and after I understand what situation the dreamer is facing, the whole thing for me is a measuring up. Is the dreamer's response to the current situation, does it fit, is it appropriate?
0: Let's um. Our phone line phone lines are open, and we're taking your phone calls if you want to discuss a dream that you've had. Maybe it's a recurring dream. Maybe it's one you had as a child. The number is 844-687-7669. And let's go to the phone lines now. We've got Greg in Colorado who wants to uh, share a, a story with us. Hey, uh, Greg, welcome to the program. Great to have you on.
5: Thanks for having me.
0: And welcome to the show, Greg. Uh,
5: yes, I was wondering. Um, I've been writing down some dreams uh, lately. Um, And I'm just going to read one off, one of my, I guess, longer ones. Um, uh, Kathy, Grilla, walk to a bar. I tell someone to come and protect himself inside the bar. Brownwood hallway, asking for a key to unlock a room to hide and walk. To Kathy, uh, Grilla. Hand under the door, I, his hand, uh, for ask her for key, show her my growing, uh member around blue light, clothing, um, ooh, uh, I can't say this on the air, I don't think.
1: Yeah, no, please be, be careful. careful. <laughs> we'll have to uh, out.
4: Well, I guess what I'm picking down up this. from the dream so far uh, which is a little bit hard to understand, but I could ask you, how how do you feel in the dream? Oh,
5: i um trying to you remember to it. I just looking wrote for a the key. Down. Um, let's see, I can't remember the dream specifically and enter it, as you say. Um uh, I just didn't have one recently that I can bring up. It's been several weeks.
0: Can I, let me ask you a question, Greg. Um, yeah. The way you recorded this, um, it seems like you kind of jotted down uh, fragments of thoughts. Was that intentional? Is that the way the dream came to you? Or were you, you know, kind of half asleep when you were writing it? How, how did you get to describe it that way?
5: Uh, I was told to wake up in the morning and uh, remember my dreams and write them down immediately.
0: Okay. And
4: um, that's what I did.
0: Is, it, is this
4: That's the p- truth. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Go and ahead, Go ahead So I guess the thing that uh, comes out at me is two things come out at me. One is that you seem to be looking for a key or asking for a key. Is that right?
5: Uh, it yeah. seems like
4: that's what's going on in the dream.
5: Yes, I, I would think so. I'm always searching, and I just write them down word for word, and they kind of come out goofy like right, this. Right, and
4: so the good question to ask you is, what do you think is going on in the last few weeks? Is there something that you're searching for? And you know what was also uh, um Uh, poignant, was that you say that, did you say that a gorilla uh, put his hand under the door and there was something about him with the key as well?
5: Uh,
4: Yes. Um,
5: Yeah, I'm trying to think even where this dream came at, and I wish I could remember it um, more personally.
4: Um, right. And and is there some kind of um uh something that you are searching for recently in your life?
5: Uh, uh yes, I um have to go to court and the court um the lawyer keeps messing up and um then the the policeman wrote down the wrong time. And uh um, I don't know, it's just been bothering for like a couple months now and it won't go away.
4: Right. Okay. Um, okay, so uh, why don't you tell me just uh, two things about a gorilla? What, what comes to your mind about a gorilla? Um,
5: mm, uh, quiet strength.
4: Quiet strength. Yes. Um, and so maybe you want to be able to tap into that part of yourself at this particular time. You must be very frustrated with all the waiting that you're doing about the lawyer and the court and everything and getting it right. Yes,
5: I've lost my temper at my lawyer, and it always hurts afterwards because I lose my temper, and then I, hurt, um, uh, I feel badly that I lost my temper and yelled at him.
4: Oh, oh, you're, I love honest people, oh my goodness gracious. And so I guess what you're saying is the key is the gorilla and you tapping into that quiet strength instead of the yelling and screaming maybe. So sometimes when the dream presents um, a character or a personality that's the antithesis of who we are, you know, the dreams uh, uh, create that Span, and it's uh, if you're all the way on one side screaming at someone and losing your temper, you bring the gorilla that you associate with quiet strength, and that's your unconscious mind trying to get you to move just a little bit off the screaming part of yourself, just a little bit, and maybe um, take some couple of deep breaths. Uh, Because, as you say, you don't feel good after you finish screaming at somebody anyways.
0: Um, Let's see here. We've got John in Florida. Hey, John, welcome to the program. You're on with Lainey.
4: Hey. um, When I was
6: a kid, for like a solid two weeks, I had one of the creepiest dreams. I was uh, in a field of wheat with a mountains all the way around me, and I called run and run without getting tired, and I saw this after a couple minutes, what seemed like a couple minutes, I saw this run down like an old farmhouse, you kind of see in a haunted, not haunted house, but like a horror movie,
0: like and a what I, movie? Go ahead. He said, "Like a horror movie."
6: Yeah. Okay. Kind like, kind like you see in a um, cabin in the Roads type of movie.
0: Yeah, just an old, like, abandoned, dilapidated house that's just got a spooky look to it, right?
6: Yes. And, and I ran okay. inside. First, I knocked. No one answered. And I went inside. It had like that musty, haven't been open for a couple years, toughest of smell, and looked all up and down the house no one was in. And I saw this picture of an old woman wearing like 19. 19- 20s, 1930s type of clothes, and the face in the picture just moved, you know, like towards me. And I dropped the picture, and a bunch of money, like 20s and 50s, came out of the back of the picture, and I picked it all up and tried to run out, but I caught it. And I found some matches on the mantel place. And I grabbed them for some reason. And I tried to break out of the house. Every single door, window was shut, locked. And I right. tried to go ahead.
4: And so I guess you couldn't get out. Yeah. And you said that you had uh, uh, dreams like that when they're childhood dreams, correct? Yes. Well, and the thing is, I mean, if you just listen to the plot, the story behind the story, what... I think I hear you saying, if I would have a dream like that, it reminds me of what it felt like to be home, even though my parents were nice and everything. If they were angry with me or something, I could not get out. Because when you're six or seven or eight or nine, you can't get out, you can't like, turn around and look at your parents and say listen i don't like what's going on here and anyway it's scaring me and i'm going to i'm going to leave i'm going for a walk around the block or something you can't say all those things to your parents when we're when we're growing up because when we're little we are stuck it's true and um so That's a very normal dream because, you know, feelings have to go somewhere because we are self-regulating organisms. Yeah,
0: we don't have much of a choice when it comes to that. Visit the website, haveagreatdream.com. Also, check out her books, Have a Great Dream 1 and 2. Lainey, if if, uh, folks do visit the website, you have more than just uh, the books there and just information about it. You've got a lot of stuff going on there. Why don't you let people know what they can see if they stop by haveagreatdream.com?
4: Well, besides buying the books or booking a, a private appointment, I also have a free dream course that you can sign up for where you'll get five videos and five articles over five days. And so that and once you do that, you'll know how to do it. Um and I also offer free dreaminars uh, where you can go online on YouTube with me um, and I do it through a Google platform. So you need a Gmail uh email address and uh I help you analyze your dream right there live.
0: Let's go uh, back to our phone lines. This is Terry in Texas. Hi, Terry. Welcome to the program.
4: Hi. Hi, Terry.
1: Hey, welcome. To, welcome to the show.
2: Okay. So, I had this dream last week. I dreamt myself in my childhood home, and I was walking in the house. All the lights were off, and all the windows were open, and I could see my little brother outside with his friends. They were just hanging out and laughing. When I saw the man I'm involved with walk up to my brother and ask for me, my brother said he didn't know where I was, and I didn't say a word because I was mad at him. And I don't know why I was mad at him, but in my dream I was mad at him, and I I did not want to see him. So he leaves but comes back right away and says that he needs to warn me about some bad men that are coming. So he comes into the house, and my brother comes along with him, and he goes, it's too late, they're already here. And he grabs me and sits me down, and he hugs me, and he tells me, everything will be okay. Just look at me, focus on me, and we will be okay. And the bad men enter, and they're going to kill us. And he, this, the man I'm with keeps telling me, just look at me, look at my face, hear my voice, and he starts to sing a Christmas song. And in that moment, I'm feeling calm, and I know that we die. And I feel that I'm dying, but it's like I'm going through water, and I take a last breath. And right when I'm going to come up at the other end, I wake up.
4: Okay. Um, And so... One of the things that uh, struck me was because uh, you're saying you're not mad at this uh, fellow who you're—he's your boyfriend, is that it? Yes, but I'm not. I'm
2: not mad at him right now. But in my dream, I was mad at him.
4: <laughs> right, and it's. But it's not necessarily. It could be about him, but not necessarily. So you more want to look at? Um, I would want to ask you. Do you think um, you're, are you anticipating that you'd be in trouble with somebody? Like, you know, the expression, uh, I'm going to get killed or he's going to kill me. Or, you know, like when you do something that you're not supposed to do and you feel like someone's going to, someone's going to kill you. But I don't mean in a literal way. I mean, just in a language way. Do you think you've done something that you feel some anxiety about in the last uh, couple of days? Something that you might be in some trouble about?
3: Um, no, but I've,
2: I had a friend do something to me that kind of made me upset at that friend and feel Excellent. like that friendship
4: is over. And the friendship is over. So it's not about the boyfriend. It's about the person who upset you. And by any chance, uh, where do you know, how long do you know that person for who hurt you?
2: Um, oh my goodness, about 20 years.
4: Right. And with, and so it's, uh, that person comes from the past, just like your childhood home in the dream does. Yes, but in the, in the dream the the uh the window's are open but the lights are off
5: mhm
4: and that's kind of what you just said you said you're so upset with that friend that is it's over so in other words the lights are off and the windows are open because you know make a new plan Stan you don't need to be coy <laughs> roy flip out the back jack <laughs> so you have the windows open uh but the, there's a there's a darkness around and I love how you say to yourself, uh, "Everything is going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay." There's mm-hmm. like, do you like a Christmas song? Does that calm you? I,
2: I do. I love uh, a certain specific Christmas song, and and I just I cry every time I hear it. So,
0: <laughs> Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Would that be it? No, no, <laughs> just <Dave>. kidding. <laughs> 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 Terry, Terry,
4: that was pretty funny. Uh, yeah, thanks, Terry.
0: We got to let you go here. We got a couple other calls to get to. Thank you so much. You know, I'm amazed, Laney, at how detailed some of these memories are. Like I said, I have a very, very difficult time remembering dreams, and um, you know, it's amazed, amazing to me how a few of these callers have had so much detail from uh, from what they remember of those dreams.
4: Yeah, and no, I'm I'm like that. Would you like me to tell you how you can improve your dream recall? Absolutely. You can sit in a chair, take off your watch, and look at it really carefully, the hands, the second hand, the back of the watch, and now close your eyes and see it in your mind's eye, and then open your eyes and look in the room around you. that paintings, the pictures, the furniture, notice everything around you and then close your eyes and walk around the room inside your head. Because when you do exercises like that, that's exactly what dream recall is like. You wake up and you want to put yourself back where you just were. And don't ever feel like you need a story with a beginning, a middle, and an end. Because especially tonight, we've talked about so many one-picture dreams. You don't need a big, long story to get it.
0: Let's go to like, John. I, I'm sorry. Let's sorry. Go, that's all right. Let's go, go ahead. To, let's go to John in New York. John's got a question. Hey, John, welcome to the program. How are you doing, guys? Good. Welcome to the show, John.
7: Not bad. I had a dream about a month and a half ago. It was like a dream that I haven't had in 30, probably five, six years. Now, in the dream, it was a little bit different this time around, as in we were packing up and leaving. Mm-hmm. It would be like um, when I was little, cousins would be there, family would be there, it would be a cottage on a lake, um, lots of snow globes, not necessarily Christmas globes, but a lot of, like, antique things. And and there was a an outdoor, like, patio that had life-size Disney characters on it that we used to wrestle with in the dream. And then the new dream I had, we were, like, had one day to get out of there and pack up and go, and we couldn't get everything. And X amount of things got left behind, certain snow globes, and actually all the Disney characters. So I don't know what that means.
0: And this is a dream that you you had uh, a long time ago, and it's just come back
7: to you? It came back to me 35, 36 years later, yes. I used to have it a lot. It used to be like a peaceful, soothing dream. It was like a happy dream. It was, was a soothing happy, that dream. There.
4: Excellent, John. And so, typically, if something, if you're having a difficult time about something in your life, were you having a difficult time about something? Do you think about a month ago? Because this um, is a wonderful yeah. dream. You give yourself a dream from childhood that makes you feel soothed yeah. and good.
7: And if there's something
4: that's stressing you in your life, what a wonderful um, image to choose.
7: Yeah, certain things got left behind. I wasn't sure if that was the trigger point or whatever.
4: But I like that trigger point, too. I agree with you because that makes me want to ask you, what do you think was happening in your life about a month ago where you just don't have all the pieces that you need? Something's getting left behind. Honestly, I don't think anything. I mean, well, I'm basically. You want to guess?
7: Um, well, three years ago, I've been sober from drugs. I got addicted to pain medicine, but that's long and over with. Um, everything's been good. Family-wise, is great. Kids are great. Everything's good.
4: Right. Well, I, you know, of course, I can't tell you what was going on in your life. About a month ago, but I do know that it looks like you're choosing some kind of old uh, memory, and you say that it makes you you say it makes you feel good. Except right. it's interesting that you say you only had one day to get out.
7: Yeah, that was so the weird part I saw because we had to leave things behind. It seems
4: right and uh so then that's where i would go i would ask you what do you think that you're leaving behind and well, there m- I was maybe leaving the it's Disney the the, uh, uh, stuff the drugs. you said that you were a drug addict is that it
7: yeah you yeah i've been yeah clean for oh, a little over 3 years now
4: amazing Okay, well, that's good. So that's something that you left behind. But it's just there's this thing about one day to get out. That's where I'd focus on. Right. If it was me, I'd be looking at uh, what kind of, some kind of pressure that may have been on about a month or six weeks ago, you said.
7: Because you know, I wish, if this show would have been on uh, six weeks ago, I'd have been golden. Um, yeah, I own a business in New York. It's kind of a pain in the neck here and there, but...
0: Oh, that's the key right there. I'll tell you what, anybody who owns a business in New York has dreams they can't explain. Um, John, thank you for the call. (laughs) We're running out of time. I want to get one more phone call in here um, while we have the time. This is Amanda, also in New York. Hey, Amanda, welcome to the show.
3: Hi, you guys. Can you hear me?
1: Welcome
0: to the show.
3: Hi. Um, Thank you. Um, So, actually, I've had... um, Not to sound morbid, but I've had, um, quote-unquote, death dreams since I was 11 years old. Um, The first one started even before I saw the movie The Shining, where I was in my parents' bathroom, and Jack Nicholson (laughs) knocked down the door with an axe and killed me, and I actually in the dream, floated above my dead body and saw my dead body laying on my parents' bathroom floor. But anyway, after that, once I started to get a little bit older, I would have these recurring dreams of being in a car accident, and it was a different driver every single time, and... We'd well, the, over the, the,
4: do you know the people who drive the car, or is it somebody you know?
3: Uh, yeah, it was every single person. It was somebody that I knew. But I was in the passenger seat. And I I know it sounds like trust issues and everything. I excuse my puppy. He's kind of playing <laughs> in the background. But um, every time I would be a different, it would be a different driver. And I'd be in the passenger seat, and this would be a recurring dream.
4: Right. And I would have a dream like that, that recurs when different situations happen in my life where I am not feeling like I'm driving the bus. I'm feeling like I don't have control over what's happening. And it feels like I often give over control to others and not to myself. And so dreams like that are, uh, I call them a favorite expression. When you have a dream that uh, recurs over a period of years, It's the exact same thing as a favorite expression. So if my favorite expression is, oh darn it, then, which it isn't, but I'm on the radio, so (laughs) it's oh darn it. I could have said, oh darn it, 50 years ago because I missed the bus. And I could have said, oh darn it, a half an hour ago when I didn't realize they were going to a hard break. So I'm using the expression, oh darn it, oh darn it, but they're many years apart and they're completely different reasons. And this business about you seeing yourself dying and or just to talk about the car thing where there's always somebody else driving the car, then that's what you want to look at. You want to look at when you have the dream, you want to look at what's going on in my life this week, who's driving the car? And then you can take the time to ask yourself a few things about the person's personality who's driving the car.
0: Amanda, thank you for the phone call. we're just we're just out of time. Um, Laney, we, we've got about a minute here left. Uh, the books are available and I think as you describe the books, these books will actually help people do what you've just done and kind of interpret Absolutely. interpret or analyze for themselves what their dreams mean.
4: Absolutely step by step. That's what I teach.
0: And they can find them on your website, Amazon, any other place you would send folks to find information about you and the books?
4: I guess the best is just to go to haveagreatdream.com, and the, you'll find everything there. And it's funny because I just realized, I don't know why I didn't say this before, I'm giving a full-day workshop at the Open Center in New York City, October 28th. Come visit me.
6: Oh, terrific.
1: Awesome. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us tonight, and uh, we definitely got to have you on again and talk, uh, talk some more at some point.
4: I hope so. You guys are great.
1: Oh, well, thank you very much. And you're pretty great yourself. Beyond Reality Paranormal is hosted by J.V. Johnson and produced by Orion Palmer and Slick Eddie Edwards. Like
0: us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please consider supporting the program either through your podcast platform, click on the link in the description, or on Patreon at Joha Productions. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Paranormal or you have a recommendation for a guest, contact our producer, Slick Eddie Edwards. Eddie is spelled with a Y at SlickEddieEdwards at gmail.com.